Welcome to C3 Church Tugra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Julie Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. The blood moon. Anybody? You saw it? Yeah, Phil and I knew it was going to happen and we were very excited about it because we'd been listening uh, to the prophetic words that were out there that there um, has never been uh, this many blood moons in a row uh, in a very, very long time. And they're saying that these blood moons actually are a sign from God that major things are going to take place. And the thing about these recent four, there's four blood moons that are going to happen in 12-month in period. We've just had the second one. The last one is September next year. They're saying that these blood moons are actually exactly lining up with Jewish feasts. And each blood moon, they believe, as the Jewish feast is going on, is going to release that part of Jesus, that part of that feast to the earth. So we were very interested in this one, which was called Shukot or the Feast of Sukkot, or Sukkot, however you would like to say that. That's the Aussie version. But it's the feast where they say that Jesus would present himself and show himself as king. That he would reveal himself as not a faraway king, but as a king that comes close to his people. He would reveal himself as not a king who lords it over. Because in Jewish culture, in the Jewish culture, a king is not there to lord it over the people. A king is the servant of the people. And he is there because the people choose him. He's chosen. And Jesus they say in this blood moon, would be revealing himself as the king who is chosen to come close. As we choose to come close to him, that he will not just reveal himself as he has in the past as your savior, as your healer, as your redeemer, but he would reveal himself as king, as Lord. And that we would get such a sense of his presence that we would just fall on our faces and declare that all our lives belong to this king. That blood moon meant something. Phil and I, we were on holidays and I was so excited. And so we ran down to the beach slowly because it was dark and with our torches, you know, our lights on our phones and watching out for the crabs and stuff. And we got up onto this sort of cliff face, this sort of rock face, and we just were waiting and all these clouds come over. And I said, 
oh Jesus, God, please blow the clouds away. I want to see it. You know. And so we're standing there and the clouds moved and there came the full eclipse, you know, uh, the, the black eclipse came over it. And we're just waiting, waiting, and the clouds came anyway, we didn't see the red part. So I was bitterly disappointed. But the point of the thing is that while we're standing there on that rock, even though we couldn't see it, we knew where it was behind the clouds. We both stood with our hands up. We said, whatever you want to do, Jesus, whatever you want to do in us, do it. Lord, come. If you want to come closer, come, come closer, come closer. We want you. We desperately need you. We desperately need you in our lives. We desperately need you on our earth. We need the king to take up residency to bring order. We need you, Jesus. And so the next day, I just got my little deck chair and went and sat out in the sun. And I'll just spend some time in the presence of the Lord. And I put this song on. And it just started, I'm going to get Beck and the guys to sing it later. They started singing you know, open up, let the light in. Open up, let the light in. They were just singing it over and over. Open up, let the light in. And I'm just sitting in my deck chair in the middle of a caravan park. Jesus came. And he just stood right in front of my deck chair. And I could feel his presence so strong. I didn't want to open my eyes. I didn't want to move. I could feel his presence so strong. It was like every, every fiber of my being was in reverence to the beauty of who he was. And I thought, what's he going to do? And you know what he did? He started walking towards me and he came straight in. And it was like this sucking noise, like that. And he went straight into me. And he went, the light is in. The light is in. And I went, oh, so excited. What do I do with it? And he said, go and tell them. Open up, let the light in. Because I'm waiting to walk in to my church. I'm I'm, going to walk into my church. And he wants to tell you tonight, and I want to show you this in Scripture. He walks through walls. He walks through walls. Amen? Let's read the scripture. So I'm in John 20, and I'm going to read a a fair chunk of scripture. John 20, starting at verse 1. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon, Peter, and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, because that's John, he's writing this. this. He's so cute. She came running to the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, like me. And that's how I would write it. I'm sure I would write it like that, because I think I'm his favorite. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like I'm his favorite. They have, and, and she said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they have put him. And so Peter and the other disciple, me, John, started to the tomb. Both were running, 
But the other disciple outrun Peter. It's a John again. <laughs> you know, I, I outran him. He's so cute. I love him. And reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen laying there, but did not go in. And then Simon Peter, who was behind him, arrived and went into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the burial cloth that had been around Jesus' head. The cloth was folded up by itself, separate from the linen. And finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. (laughs) Then the disciples went back to their homes, but Mary stood outside the tomb crying. And she wept. She bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, and one at the head and one at the foot. And they asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said. They've taken my Lord away, and I don't know where they put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. But she did not realize that it was Jesus. Woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. And Jesus said to her, Mary, Mary, She turned towards him and cried in Aramaic, Rabbanai, which means teacher. And Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to my Father, to my God, and to your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord. And she told them, that he had said things, these things to her. On the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together, listen to this. So she's told them, I've seen the Lord. And he told me to tell you these things. So they had seen, some of them had seen, two of them had seen, and it says they had believed, but they still didn't get that he was supposed to rise from the dead. So they believed, but with their belief, what did they do? They went and locked themselves away in a room because they were afraid. Because of the climate outside, they were afraid they were going to be next to be crucified. Peter had already denied him three times for fear that he would be crucified too. And they've gone back to this room. And it says here, on the first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them. Jesus walks through walls. Jesus walks through locked doors. 
Jesus walks through bolted doors. Jesus came and stood among them. And he said, peace be with you. He didn't say, idiots. I've been with you three years and you still don't get it. You're locked away in here like frightened, you know, little children. I told you these things were going to happen. I told you that you were going to go out and change the living world, that you were going to turn the known world upside down. I told you that I had given you my power and my authority. I told you, and you're here, and you've seen what I said is true because you've seen that I've risen from the dead, and yet you're locked in a room. You've got the door locked for fear of the outside world getting in. And yet you're supposed to go out and get them. And they're locked in this room. He doesn't come and rebuke them. He doesn't come and tell them. He knows us. He gets us. He just walks through the wall. Peace be with you. They must be going, you know. And listen to this. After he said this, they must have still been looking at him a bit like, is that really him? Like they must have been because after he said it, it says this, he showed them his hands and his side. Why did he do that? If they weren't still doubting, if they weren't still, you know, in fear and worry and doubt and trepidation. Oh, but you haven't heard the news. ISIS is coming. And, you know, they're going to come to Australia. And, you know, we're going to need to lock ourselves in our houses. You know, we need to lock ourselves up because they're going to take over. And the, the, the Jews had been killing Christians, and now they've killed Jesus. Now they're coming to get us. We need to lock ourselves away. And Jesus is here. And he shows them his hands. He's so kind that he'll come right into our doubt, right into our fear, and he just, check it out. It's me. And he shows them his side. I love that. And the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. And again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. And with that, he breathed on them. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. (laughs) He's saying it tonight again. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them. With that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone their sins, they will be forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Receive the Holy Spirit. He says, I am sending you. But don't you go out there by yourself. You can't take on that crowd. 
in your strength, in your wisdom, in your knowledge, in your understanding. You can't protect yourself either with your wisdom, your knowledge, your understanding, no matter how many locked doors there are. But receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will give you power. Power to witness. Power to overcome. Power to stare death in the face and have no fear. Because the scriptures say, death, where is your sting? It has been swallowed up in sweet, victory. The stone has been rolled away. You know the other night, last night, I had the most interesting dream. And I've been saying to the Lord, Lord, I know that you want to get sinners into the church. I know you want to dirty up this nice, neat church. Please, God, dirty our nice, neat church up. Bring them in, Lord. Bring them in, the broken, the lost, the hurting. Please, our church is looking too neat. Come and dirty it, Lord. And I'm crying out. Anyway, so I'm in this dream. And I see a Chinese woman sitting in the street. And she's, she's obviously traditional. She's got some sort of rice basket there and doing some stuff with the rice basket. And I got excited. I thought... You know, the Lord's going to give me an anointing to preach the gospel to witness. And I, I just thought, she's going to get saved. And I went up and sat in the ground next to her and I started talking to her about the Lord. And she was giving me arguments, you know, stuff. And I was, I thought, I thought I was going to be anointed to do this. And I didn't feel really anointed. Then her husband came and he was giving me some more arguments why their religion was better than mine and all this sort of stuff. And I walked away like in the dream, like just really discouraged. I said, Lord, what did I do wrong? Like, why didn't they listen to me? Why can't they see that you are the way, the truth and the life? Why can't I portray that, Jesus? And he said to me, you didn't tell them I had risen. And I went, hang on, I told them that you died for their sin." He said, yeah, but you didn't tell them that I'd risen. See, no other God has risen from the dead and taken the keys of hell and death and overcome victoriously, rose from the dead, was seen by hundreds of people walking the streets, now ascended into heaven, seated at the right hand of the Father. There is no other God who has not just died for their sin, but has risen to bring them into everlasting life. And I went, tell them that I've risen, he said. Tell them that I've risen. Tell them there is victory in this King who is not on a cross, but is seated at the right hand of Father as a King. I have overcome everything for them. Tell them that I've risen. Tell them that I am the King. Oh, what a dream. I woke up this morning and went, oh, I've got to go to church now. It's weird. Any Chinese women around? You know, like, yeah. This time I'll tell them. This time I'll tell them that he's risen. Jesus. So, 
Straight after that, it clicks straight into another story. Same kind of story. And it says this. Now, Thomas, called Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. And so the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. And he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe it. How many people do that to you? Like right now when I'm saying to you, I've seen the Lord. I've seen him. His presence is with me. He he breathed on me. He, He breathed and the Holy Spirit came into me and I have light. And how many people would you say, well, show me the nails marks in his, show me, give me proof or I'm not going to believe. Do you know what? Jesus loves people like that too. Jesus loves doubters. Jesus loves skeptics. Because at least they're saying, well, show me. At least they're saying, well, show me. And so we're always running Thomas down, oh, downing Thomas, you know. Thomas, Thomas, Thomas. You know, Jesus didn't have a problem with Thomas. You see it here. It says it here. And the other disciples show him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in the hands and put my finger into the nails where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe it. Ha ha. Don't wish for things that you may not want to happen. A week later, his disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. Listen to me. This gets me this. Jesus has been to the disciples. He's shown them that he has risen. He's walked through the doors. He's walked through the wall. He's walked through the locked doors. He's said to them, peace be with you. Go, I'll breathe on you. I'll give it the Holy Spirit. And what did they do? They locked the door again. Does it remind you of anyone? How many times have you been to church and the presence of God has been here and God has touched you and you've had an encounter with God and you just go, I'm, I'm never going to sin again. I'm, I'm never going to do that. I'm going I'm to live for Jesus. I'm going to go witness. I'm going to do this stuff. And you go home and you, you lock the door again. You go straight back to where you feel safe. You go straight back to where you feel comfortable. You go straight back to the familiar you go straight back to your own strength, to your own way of, your own protection, your own doors, bolts, locks. Keep the world out. But I've just filled you with my Holy Spirit. And, and I've said to you, as the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. I've just freed on you and given you the Holy Spirit. You think they'd be jumping up and down? Shouting, going out into the streets. No, they go back in and lock the door. But they're saying to Thomas, behind the locked door again, Thomas, we've seen him. We've seen him, Thomas. You see? And Thomas is saying, well, oh my God. And a week later, his disciples were in the house again. How many agains do you have in your life? I've got lots. Again, I'm really going to pray this week, Lord. I'm going to seek your face. Busy, 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 busy. Friday comes. Ah, shivers. I haven't prayed. I haven't sought you, Lord. I said I would. Again. <laughs> and Thomas was with them. 
Though the doors were locked, listen, though the doors were locked, though you had an again moment, though you failed him again, though you sinned again, though you didn't keep up to what you promised again, although you didn't believe again, although you had doubt again, although you had fear again, although Jesus still walks through walls, Jesus still walks through your locked doors. Although you were hurt so badly that you put a door in front of your heart and said, no one's ever getting in here. I'm putting a padlock on this thing. No one's ever going to break this heart again. Although Jesus walks through walls, Jesus walks through padlocks. Jesus walks through pain. Jesus walks through sin. He walked in the streets of Galilee. He walked in the streets amongst the sinners. He walked where sinners were. were. He walked and he found them and he pulled them to himself and he went into their worlds. He went through their doors. He, He went through their padlocked hearts. He went through their pain. He moved through their sicknesses and he found his love. He found the love of his life behind the door. Not with judgment, not with a reprimand, not with a pointed bony finger, but with, here I am. (laughs) Even so, he doesn't even see it. He doesn't even see it. He doesn't even see it. He doesn't see your sin. He doesn't see your failures. He doesn't see your stuff. Why? Because he already died for it. The blood has already been shed. The price has already been paid. The sacrifice has already been made. Why would he see something that doesn't exist? Though your sins were red as scarlet, I've washed them white as snow. Confess your sins and I will cleanse you of all sin. I will forgive you and I will cleanse you of all sin. All sin. Oh, but you know, the one I did six weeks ago was really, really, all sin. He forgives all your agains. All he's looking for is normal, natural, weak human beings. No superstars in this kingdom. Just a bunch of people that just say, I know I'm not great, but if you can use me, breathe on me, give me your Holy Spirit, let me do it your way. Listen to this. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Again, he said, Peace. But they're going, Oh, but Jesus, we, Peace. But you don't have to, Peace. Peace be with you. And then he just stands in front of Thomas. I love this. 
You know, he knows. He wasn't in the room when Thomas said, you know, if I can stick my fingers in, if I can put my hand inside, then I'll believe. He wasn't in the room, but he knew. And he just gently stands in front of Thomas. He goes, Thomas, have a go. Here's my hand. Stick your finger in. Go for it. Doesn't worry me. I know you, Thomas. I know your heart. I know that you probably just need a little bit more evidence, but I'm cool with that. Here's my side. It's real. And he said, put your finger here. See my hands? Reach out your hands and put it into my side. Stop doubting. Stop doubting and believe. And Thomas said to him, look at this revelation that Thomas gets. My Lord and my God. My Lord and my God. Thomas now gets a revelation that this isn't just Jesus that we've walked and talked and eaten with and and been taught by that. This isn't the Jesus that was on the cross that was beaten and, 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 and terribly crucified. This isn't the one that was in a tomb and, and now he's not in the tomb and I don't know where he is. This, isn't, this, is, this, is, this is the risen Christ that stands before me. This is the glorified Christ. Why? Because he could walk through walls. He was no longer in his human state. He was in his divine state. He was my Lord. He was my God. He was King. Wow. I love that. And then Jesus told him, because you have seen me You have believed. But blessed are those who have not seen me and yet still believe. That's us. Blessed are we who are not physically seeing him, but we see him. When we close our eyes, we feel his breath on our face. When we're in worship, we feel his love dripping all over us. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet still believe. This is a song that was, that was, that was written in the 80s. I used to sing. But the, the lyrics are amazing written by a girl called Julie Miller. It's called He Walks Through Walls. (laughs) Listen to these lyrics. Love gets lost. It's a crazy world. The pain locks up your heart in jail. Hiding out here behind an iron curtain of fear we can't unveil. But there is nothing that can hide his love away. The best defense just fails. There's no prison that can ever keep him out. He walks through walls. 
wounded heart's going to turn to stone. We barricade ourselves inside. But we're lonely captives just trapped within a fortress of our pain and our pride. There's no darkness that can hide his love away from a child who calls. There's no prison that can ever keep him out. He walks through walls. Walls of fear and walls of doubt, walls of pride can't keep him out. He walks through walls. He walks through walls. There is nothing that can hide his love away. The best defense fails. There's no prison that can ever keep him out. He walks through walls. There's no darkness that can hide his love away from a child who calls. There's no prison that can ever keep him out. He walks through walls. Love you, Jamie and Angus. I don't know, just, he's just so... Are you getting a picture of who he is? He's the king. And yet he walks through walls to find you. He's the master, and yet he washes your feet. He said, I didn't come to be served, but to serve. He is the lover of every facet of your being. There is nothing hidden from him. He loves every part of you. He loves every absolute minute minuscule part of you, every fiber of your being, he loves, and every fiber of your being cries out for the living God, cries out for the one who is the truth, the one who is the way, the one who is the life, not for a religious system, not for a church, not for some man's doctrine but for Jesus Christ himself, who is alive and interceding for you and your life. Amen. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.